Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 112, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from the ACHA and AAU College Hockey. As you listen to this right now, if everything has gone well, we will be in Lexington, Kentucky for this week's Game of the Week. I'm joined alongside by our executive producer, David Herman. Just the two of us tonight, we are prepping for arguably the biggest week in Hockey House Pod history. We said that going into the Daytona trip. Now we're prepping for Lexington is Louisville versus Kentucky at midnight on Friday. No bigger game on the Hockey House calendar than the one ahead of us right now. Herm, how we feeling? Cats versus cards. Are you fired up? Do you feel this electricity? It is going to be a fun one. Last time we were recording, I had already made it down to Daytona. Moving a little bit slower this week. Heading down on Thursday for the Friday midnight game. It's going to be a long weekend. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Not only is the Hockey House pod going to be there, SEC game day is going to be there because Kentucky is playing Florida at noon on Friday. A lot of hype going into this weekend. I cannot wait. It's going to be so exciting, and we are so excited to bring all the coverage to you. We've learned from our trip to Daytona. We are even more excited for this time around. We thought we had a lot of media members there in Daytona. We have a whole crew from Kentucky helping us out for this trip. Let's get into the week. Let's get rolling here. It's a busy week for us, so we want to keep the news rolling. Herm, my prediction was ACHA or AAU getting featured on ESPN or NBC or TNT, and we came close. We came close in week three of the season. Hunter Verostic put on an absolute display of goaltending. Dominic Hasek-esque unbelievable save what were your first thoughts i know we both tried to take some off time this weekend when you first saw that clip what was going through your head this man hunter verostic easily a top three goaltender in the acha right there's no discussion on that at this point and for him to make that save does not surprise me i hate to go back to the ohio talk this early but i was so spoiled watching jimmy thomas and his quality goaltending at ou and i'm sure that's exactly what liberty fans must feel like when they're watching hunter between the pipes. From what I understand, he bailed him out a couple of times in that second game. It might have been a wider, lopsided margin if it wasn't for his efforts. My hips would have exploded, like Mortal Kombat X-ray finisher style exploded. It was insane. Want to shout out Tyler Myers. I told him we'd make sure he got credit with the assist. He was watching the game and he sent it to us. I immediately hopped on the laptop and got it up. It got reposted by Bleacher Report, Open Ice, Spit and Chicklets, Howie's Hockey, and plenty more. Was just an unreal save. Even the guys from Everything College Hockey were like, that is insane. Like, that's save of the season in September. It, it's not like a diving robbery where it's like, oh, we'll probably see a couple more of those. Like a lot of people were watching this and they're like, I have not seen a save like this. So to give you the play-by-play of what happens, if you haven't checked out the clip, Minot State player comes in. It's four to two, 10 minutes left in the game. He comes down the left-hand side, shoots it. It misses the net. Minot picks it up, comes around the net and goes for the wraparound. Was not going to be an easy goal regardless. Verostic almost not expecting the quick wraparound lunges his back right leg across the crease reverse split save he keeps it out the rebound pops out and i think he actually saves the rebound too which is just as impressive the puck gets shot out of play briefly after that and like i I legitimately kid you not save of the season in september if we see a save better than that this season we are in for a treat because that was amazing the flames Cut the lead to four to three. So all of a sudden the broadcasts are like, is, is that like the turning point of this game? Is Liberty going to come back? Minot adds another one. They end up winning five to three. They are legit. Again, I think it's like 11 of 12 against Liberty in the last four seasons, which is just an insane statistic when you have arguably one of the top team in the ACHA versus the number four, number five team, just to show that how dominant they've been and they've picked up right where they left off last season. This is not a surprise for anyone who saw them at any point throughout the previous season, and we got the chance to see them in person in Marlboro. This team can beat you in every single aspect of the game offensive defensive goaltending coaching strategy the whole nine yards they are the real deal it's funny too because if you listen to that clip i tried to cut it so you couldn't hear it but Rhett McGibbon, play-by-play guy for Liberty on ESPN Plus, is talking about how this Minot team just wears you down. It's like if you don't beat them on Friday night, you're not even coming close on Saturday. They wear you down. Good old Canadian hard-nosed hockey. They proved it once again. I mentioned it in my prediction, but they just looked too good against the U-sports teams. I I knew they were going to be ready to go. You throw in the midnight 
puck drop at Liberty. They love that. It's a similar size barn to what they play at at Minot. Unbelievable environment. I know they did the whiteout on Friday night too. I didn't love the Liberty whiteout jerseys. Not my favorite. Again, another solid crowd on Saturday night, and and we love it. And those two teams are going to play again this weekend. So two teams that faced off in the semifinals. Liberty's last five games will have all been against Minot State, which is crazy. So hopefully those two teams will see each other later in the season. That was the highlight. Again, we have to talk about how good Minot was, but we also have to talk about what an unbelievable display of goaltending that Hunter Verostic put on. Now, David Herman, child of the CSCHL. We have some news. Our guys at Iowa State have found a conference to play in. The Iowa State University Cyclones will be joining the Midwest College Hockey in 2024. The MCH coaches unanimously approved the addition of Iowa State as an MCH member institution, joining seven member teams in Illinois State, Jamestown, Umary, McKendry, Midland, NIU, and Waldorf. I'm interested to see how they wind up shaping up. If they're going to be in that top half with ISU, Jamestown, Umary, they find themselves solidly in the middle with McKendry and Midland or towards the bottom with NIU and Waldorf. Yeah, and I know we were talking, you were, you were a little bummed, but it's like, we're never going to get the CSCHL back, right? Like, even if it comes back, it's never going to be what it was, right? It was an amazing conference. Geographically, this works really well, right? A lot of teams in the Midwest, a lot of teams of similar caliber, depending on which Iowa State team we get, right? Is You make a good point. Are they going to be in the top upper echelon? Like, we remember Iowa State being, is it going to take a couple of years of rebuilding? They'll get a lot of flexibility with that schedule because they'll play a variety of different teams. I think the only way that we see something similar to the CSCHL is if a couple of the teams from the T wind up making the jump to the M1 level, like a Cincinnati or a Kentucky, it's geographically a lot more sound than those 10, 11-hour drives that people were making from Athens to Ames or St. Louis. And it's much more like a, a GLCHL conference where it's legitimately based on geography. Your conference play, you don't want to be going on those long road trips. And I know there, there's some long road trips in here with, you know, you throw a U Mary and going all the way from St. Louis. Definitely some bus trips in this league, but a team that did not have to make a bus trip last weekend, and they brought back one of our favorite traditions in college hockey, Aquinas. They swept the weekend. They defeated Roosevelt 7-3 on opening night, and they followed up with a 5-1 win against Davenport, and we got more hallway pictures. No win graphic on the Aquinas Instagram account, just hallway selfies, and they are amazing. If you sweep Aquinas, are you coordinating a, a hallway selfie? I, I think it's I think it's not a bad idea just to to playfully stick it back to him like that. I love the vibes. I love the vibes. Got to be different. Everyone does a score graphic. You got to be different, and it gives the boys something to look forward to. I just hope you know they they set the bar high. They got a good selfie on on game one and game two. I just hope it's like the Harlem Shake. It just gets crazier as it goes on. Got a bunch of jersey reveals this week. Fresno State. Didn't know they had a team. They got a team going and they got some sweet new jerseys. Classic Fresno State checkers that you see in the end zone during football games around the trim. Custom Bulldog logo on the crest. So they're looking great. We also got some new jerseys from USF. We had heard these were in the works. USF is playing in the Battle of the Beach, which is going to be held in Tampa. It's going to be USF, UCF, Tampa, and Florida Atlantic. And these four teams we've heard are all rolling out beach-themed attire for the weekend. We've even heard rumors that the referees for College Hockey South and the AAU are going to get in on the mix. Hopefully have more on that in a couple weeks. USF is the first team to drop their jerseys. Love the beach theme. They're going with the gold trim, a little custom logo with the ice bowls and the state of Florida outline, but palm trees, palm trees everywhere. I know you want to chime in here, Herm, because New Jersey's from Ohio and wasn't the biggest fan of the cream look when it first came out. But now that the set is complete, I'm sold on it. I love the bricks on the shoulder. I know how big of a deal built on the bricks of Athens means to people in Ohio. But I think 614 knocked it out of the park with these black jerseys. They crushed it. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if there's been a black jersey in the history of the Bobcats program that has looked as solid as this one. I am waiting very, very patiently for a more dominant green alternate to hit the scene. That is my pipe dream for 614 to come out with something because we both love those retro green and white throwbacks that Ohio had as their primary and secondary. It's a it's a good, good look 
for the Bob Dogs. I I mean, you almost think like next year, probably green alternate, maybe a little Dallas Stars look with the black pants, gloves and helmets and the green jerseys throw a splash of cream in there like they always do. So it could be a good look. We'll have to stay tuned down the road for that one. Couple of highlights on the weekend here. UNCW, oddly enough, made the trip up to Rochester, New York to take on RIT. They lost on Friday night, but they got the 3-2 win on Saturday. Huge for an M2 program getting a win against a team that was pretty solid in M1 last year. Top of the conference standings in the national. So wanted to give a shout out to the Seahawks. They're off to a pretty good start. They've played a variety of different teams. They were playing high points, some AAU teams. They played both of high points, AAU teams. They get an M1 game in there. They just a mixed bag of a schedule to start the year for UNC Wilmington. They're off to a great start. So I want to make sure we gave them a shout out. I don't know if you saw this, but Farmingdale went and played Marist on Marist's home opener. Farmingdale's D1 team. It was their first game of the season. They spoiled the home opener for Marist. So we got a little bit of AAU versus ACHA there. And then interesting one here. I don't know if we talked about it a little bit in the group text this weekend, but feel bad for the guys at Columbia because Columbia hockey has a rich history over 60 years of hockey for Columbia University, and they're no longer using the Columbia name. They've rebranded as the New York Collegiate Ice Hockey Club. And the logo is the NY interlocking, almost like Rangers font with the Columbia colors. And it's an Ivy League school with such a very good brand. And for them not to be able to use this, I said it kind of just looks like intramural college hockey league in New York. Like it's I know we have the ice pack. There's lots of ways to work around it. And I feel like Columbia is just such a strong brand that anything away from that is is kind of a tough look. I'd rather them have to go with like an EASHL logo over going the BYU route and ceasing to exist altogether, though. That is true. I wonder, too, if they, had, you know, I know Columbia has the I don't even know what the I'm, I'm a huge college mascot nerd and I can't even name the the Columbia mascot. Are they the pride? Rory the lion. Uh, the lions. They're the Columbia lions. I wish they had gone to somebody like the New York Monarchs or something. And then it's like the Columbia Crest, but with like a different kind of lion. Wishing them the best of luck. They're looking for sponsors in the jerseys. The jerseys are great. I love the color scheme and the Ranger style. It looks great. It's just a bummer. Formerly Columbia Hockey, continuing the legacy of one of the oldest college hockey teams in the nation, AAU Division II, 2022 MCHD champs. So be sure to give them a follow. They're still at Columbia Hockey on social channels, but they are going by the new name, New York Collegiate Ice Hockey Club. A couple teams with a couple of hot starts. Want to make sure we gave them a shout out. Purdue Northwest making their way into the Hockey House pod feed this weekend. Sweep over Lawrence Tech. Lawrence Tech, a team that was at the national tournament for the first time in program history last year. Purdue Northwest, their second year in ACHA M1, and they're already making noise. Big sweep over Lawrence Tech. Huge for the pride. I'll ask you live on the air right now. Do we want to slot their game against Adrian because an honorable mention? No, I think we got that's that's a little too much pressure on the boys in Purdue Northwest. I think we let them let them make some noise at Adrian here. And uh, I know the Wow Warriors will be ready for them, but we'll let them do their thing. We'll let them cook and then we'll, we'll check back in in a week. But hot start for them. Hot start for guys at Illinois. You know, we talked about the CSCHL a little bit earlier. Illinois had a down year last year. Regardless of their opponent on opening night, they sweep NIU, who didn't have a great year last year. But I think when you're a program who had a down year and you start off with a sweep, that's got to be huge for confidence. Another team who had a great start, wanted to make sure we shout out our guys at Central Michigan, sweep over Ferris State. That's a program that didn't originally get invited to Nationals last year, but got a late bid because somebody dropped out. Didn't have the great success, but wishing them the best of luck this year. They're getting off on the right foot again. And then I saw this wild score. Friday night, Westchester beats IUP 7-3. I'm like, Westchester beating IUP went to Nationals last year. That was a good team. And I'm like, that, wow. Tough weekend for IUP. IUP returns the favor on Saturday, winning 7-3. So just a couple teams kicking the shit out of each other, winning touchdown to a field goal. So they have themselves a weekend, and hopefully everyone's just getting a little settled. I'm sure you're still trying to figure out your starting goalies at that point. I want to give a shout-out to Ole Miss. Ole Miss traveled to Texas, AAUD2. They went to play Dallas Baptist University, Acha M3. Rebels swept the Patriots. Might be unpatriotic, but the Rebels went into Texas and they swept the Patriots and then they went home. So want to give a shout out to Ole Miss on that one. Herb, guess what time it is? What time is it, Murph? 
It is time for the Ham Arena hot seat. It was such a success in week one. People wanted more. So we are back. Week two, Ham Arena hot seat. I've got three teams on the hot seat this week. We talked to the boys at App State. They're going to turn it around. They're making some waves in the locker room. I told them I was going to rep my hat for them. Wish them nothing but the best, but we got to pick it up. We got to be better against our in-state opponents. And they got the message loud and clear. But we're going to throw another North Carolina team right back on the hot seat here because the Duke Blue Devils. There might be people out there who disagree with me here, but I'm throwing the Blue Devils in the hot seat. College game day is coming to Durham. For those of you who follow college football, college game day doesn't go to Durham every year. All right. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Duke had a hockey game scheduled for Saturday against Wake Forest, a conference opponent. Friday night, they're playing high point. So what they did was they canceled the High Point game and moved the Wake Forest Conference game to Friday night. So High Point gets the one nothing forfeit win. Duke will play Wake Forest on Friday night and then go enjoy college game day on Saturday. Herm, I'm curious, as we love the college experience, right? That's why we go. That's why we play ACHA. That's why we play AAU. You get to play hockey. You get to that college experience. Is this taking that a little too far? I can honestly respect it. You, you mentioned it, how infrequently game day comes to to Duke's campus, I I respect it. Most likely, and if I remember correctly from looking at the rankings from the past few years, Duke is not a Nationals contender. High Point is probably going to be a Nationals contender. And if anything, the free win is more beneficial for High Point than anything and both teams as winners in this scenario. Like I said, I'm going to throw them on the hot seat, though, because we're going to hope that Blue Devils take off from here, right? Like morale booster, hey, let's get a big win Friday night. Already got the forfeit on Saturday. We'll go enjoy college game day. I would love to see them. You know, that's a team that we don't talk about that much. We talk about a lot of North Carolina teams. We don't talk about the Blue Devils much. So I'm going to throw them on the hot seat. The pressure is on to win on Friday night and then go enjoy the weekend and experience college game day. So we got another North Carolina team. We might have to rename this the North Carolina hot seat. We're traveling to Ohio because we've got beef with John Carroll now. Honestly, I feel like they were gaslighting me today. So we posted a clip today of... A Grand Valley State player trucking a John Carroll player like Grand Valley State player skating into the red line dumps it in and the JCU player goes to make a hit and just gets Uno reversed and leveled to the ground. And so it's a good hit. We post it a little clickbait Uno reverse card graphic and then the video and one by one the profile pictures of John Carroll hockey players. So we have Sean Eakin who is the player who got trucked says took a hit to make a play laughing emoji laughing emoji 31 likes who are these 31 people liking this comment jcu player jcu player jcu player it's like all right well i thought he was trying to make a joke like took a hit to make a play haha i got wrecked but the 31 likes by his teammates tells me that somebody went into the team group chat was like yo hype our boy up he's getting flamed on instagram and then we get a comment that says and i quote how about you post about you post about him having the most goals in the ACHA, you cornballs? Ladies and gentlemen, I have never been called a cornball in my life before, but I will tip my cap to Mr. Jimmy Shannon for a couple of edits I would make to his chirp. So he says, how about you post about him having the most goals in the ACHA, you cornballs? So I go to the ACHA website, Sean Eakin, seven goals in four games. Not bad. You got to remember half the league hasn't even played yet. All credit to Mr. Sean Eakin on having seven goals in the first four games of the season, but I'm not double-checking his stats when I'm posting a video of the Grand Valley State player running through him. At first, I'm like, wait, is this is this click? Am I am I fishing for content here, Herm? What what were your takes? I mean, I have you ever been called a cornball before? I, I got called a lot of things up in that balcony at that Illinois game. That was not one of them. I, I replied back like, hey, relax. It's September. And he said, I'll relax my nuts on your face. And then that got like 31 likes. So the boys from JC were just having a field day in the comment section. So I'm throwing them in the hot seat. No worries. I, I can take the heat, but we got to perform on the ice. So they got Concordia this weekend. Let's hope the boys get above 500. Hope our boy Sean Eakin continues the goal scoring streak. And then they got ready for Cuse because they got Cuse the weekend after that. So we'll have our eyes on John Carroll. We'll give them the content they deserve, but we're going to put them on the hot seat. All right. If you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. We need them to get back to their old TikTok days, by the way, on the hot seat, because you guys used to kill it on social and now not so much. And this is my challenge to the JCU media team to step it up or else I'll post a clip saying, look at these corn balls and it'll be the Kesha clip again. Last but certainly not least, 
One more room on the oh, I said three teams. We only have two teams on the hot seat. The third seat is reserved for full send hockey. Whoever it is running that account is just shredding hockey house posts and reposting them and not giving credit. We don't like that. We don't like that at all. So if you see Full Send Hockey posting some Hockey House stuff, be sure to comment, tag us in it. They did not credit our boy Arnov for his nasty Cuse photos that they reposted. And then, of course, they just shredded our clip of the Hunter Verostic save. So they're on the hot seat, too. We got Duke, John Carroll, and Full Send Hockey all joining the club. And that is the Ham Arena hot seat for this week. We got plenty of stick taps, though, so let's give them out. I want to give stick taps to Loyola Marymount for setting an attendance record this weekend. LMU defeated San Jose State 9-1. to in front of 500 plus at the Toyota Sports Center in El Segundo, California. Rocking crowd in California for LMU's home opener. They debuted their new black jerseys. The whole crowd was covered in black shirts and hats and jerseys. It looked great. I would say the crowd is blacked out. We don't know that. I'm sure they were having a great time this weekend. That looked great. We also want to give a shout out. Stick taps to the UNLV media team for dropping a banger hype reel ahead of their GCU game. The style on that team is otherworldly. Murph, did you get the chance to watch it? No, I ha- I haven't yet. I uh, see Uno reverse carding you. You got to you got to go on on their page and see why why it's on there. They posted it 2 hours ago. <gasps> Ew. We did it better. Oh, that scene at the end where they're all, oh my God. All right. So you guys, you don't know, Herm and I build the notes and a little peel back the curtain moment. Herm and I build the notes. And sometimes we read off notes that maybe you don't know a lot. That is amazing. That is wow. And again, stick taps is for like, congratulations. We like to give shout outs to guys who hit milestones, do things. So like, sometimes I see the media in there. I'm like, Herm, like you're showing a little media biasy. Like you're throwing the content team and the stick taps. Like that is amazing knocked it out of the park gcu did great but that was amazing so the rebels are ready to go for this season a little revenge tour for them i want to give a shout out to our guy nick lindstad doing some homework between periods just showing him off being an aau student athlete while they pounded charleston this weekend we'll get to that in a little bit for our blowout of the week stick taps to park university gilbert they recorded their first win in program history. The boys in Arizona defeated GCU 3-2. to two. Stick tap. Oh, I'll save this one for last. I'll come back to this one. But stick taps to Dartmouth for calling their shot and beating UVM. Stick taps to our girl Alana at Living Digital at UM Dearborn. She is accepting a job with the Penascola Ice Flyers. She's joining Fitzy in the SP. I mean, they are getting a content genius. She does an amazing job at UM Dearborn. We've gone back and forth many a times. And looking forward to what she puts out in the SPHL. Stick taps to Josh Beast, Alabama AAU D1. He signed a PTO with the Columbus River Dragons in the FPHL. Wish him best of luck. Stick taps to Mitch Oberlog of Illinois State. He hit 100 games this past weekend. And then Eric Hulford of Grand Valley State recorded his 100th ACHA point this past weekend against the John Carroll boys. And I also want to give stick taps to just college hockey and women's college hockey in the South. We had Abby Lynn on. We had Hannah Knight on a couple weeks ago and the Columbus classic took place. It was a huge success, a variety of different skill levels between the teams, but ultimately it was a great weekend. So I wanted to read what Auburn women's head coach, Jack Rosenhammer had to say on Instagram. He posted, I saw the first ever women's college hockey tournament to take place in the Southern U.S. I saw 70 girls play their hearts out for the game they love. I saw more skilled and experienced teams lift up and support newer players on opposing teams. I saw players who were stepping onto the ice for the third or fourth time in their lives battle and fall, get back up and battle again. I saw a goalie push herself to physical exhaustion yet refuse to leave the ice because who else will play if I can't? I saw a mother tell a team through her tears how important this tournament and the teams in general are to the young girls like her daughter, who now have more opportunities to play hockey at a higher level. I saw local hockey fans come out and support teams they had no affiliation with other than their love of the game. I saw two trainers, both active duty service members, volunteer their time over three days to take care of 70 players from injuries to illnesses and everything in between. I saw coaches share best practices and advice with each other in an effort to help grow each other's programs. I saw an ice rink and its staff literally roll out the red carpet for these teams their families friends and fans so they could have the best experience possible i saw sports council and local businesses work through long nights and weekends to support an event when the opportunity arose at the last minute i saw the game grow this is exactly why we do what we do we love seeing not only college hockey grow 
but just the sport grow. And as I said in the caption, college hockey is alive and it is thriving in the South right now. So stick taps to everybody involved in the first edition of the Columbus Classic. Herm, who's calling the shot this week? We got the boys at Cootstown, AUD2, following up on their win over Millersville this weekend. They said Millersville couldn't hang. Big win for the fellows, and the boys from Coots are ready to take this momentum and go on a tear. Ramapo up next. Hashtag ACHA who? They walked the walk this weekend. They can talk the talk. So bounce back weekend for Cootstown after falling to Embry-Riddle in Lake Placid. So love to see that. Millersville is probably going to want that one back, losing on home ice to an AAU team. So love to see it. Love, love the call your shots. Love it this week. We have a great interview this week. Kai Piper and Jordan Warner from Northern Arizona joined the show. They are trying to get a rink built on this campus. Well, the rink is built. They just need the parts for it. So we get into it in the interview. But as always, this is brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. The best part is these guys know club hockey. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at optimxsports.com slash signup slash hockey house pod. That's optimxsports.com slash signup slash hockey house pod. You can now add your team store. It can be powered by Jog straight through their website. You can also sell tickets, merchandise, and even make payments through the store. We've got some exciting content in the works for this trip to Kentucky. We're going to show you why OptumX is doing really great things for club hockey. They're doing really great things. They're adding really great teams. This week, Nebraska, George Washington, and Rutgers AAU have all joined the OptumX squad. Welcome to the club. You guys are in very good hands. Now let's turn it over to an interview with Kai Piper and Jordan Werner. We're pleased to be joined by two members of the Northern Arizona University Hockey Programs, ACHA M3 President Kai Piper, ACHA M2 President Jordan Warner. Kai, Jordan, welcome to the Hockey House. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, yeah. Psyched to have you guys on. Jordan, I know you got the chance to play this weekend. Like, how how sick was that? Uh, it was actually a really fun weekend. Uh, we took on GCU's D1 program, and uh, I think we had, in both games, uh, some first-period jitters. Spotted them four goals both times in the first, but we found a way to come back, battle back. Unfortunately, we lost both. At the end of the day, both two really good battles. Have you guys played them in the past as like an exhibition tune-up game, or is this something that's new? Yeah, we've played them before. We uh, Last season, didn't unfortunately see them. Uh, my rookie year, though, however, played them, I want to say, about four times. Uh, I think we went one and three against them, but at the same time, all, the, all of them were pretty good. How's that barn holding up? I've heard some uh, some nightmare stories from that place. Growing up playing there, yeah, it's definitely, uh, the location is definitely questionable. It can be, at the end of the day, I mean, an, an ice rink's an ice rink and just fortunate, fortunate enough to be able to play there. Awesome. And I know, Kai, you guys are still prepping for your season right now. Are you guys skating? Are you guys like doing training camp? You threw all that stuff? Yeah, so uh, we're currently making our final cuts right now. We, uh, we're practicing a few times a week, just kind of getting dialed in for the season. Awesome. And then that's, uh, are you guys against... No, you guys aren't against ASU. Who's your first game against? Uh, so we're playing this new team called Park Gilbert. They're actually a Division II team out of the Phoenix area. Uh, we have a home and home against them. Well, hey, there's a lot of buzz about NAU right now. I know you guys are trying to get a rink built. We've been trying to get you guys on the pod for a while to talk about this rink. Like, walk us through it, Kyle. I'll let you start. Like, because I've I've seen the photos, I've seen the renderings. Building is built that just has everything but the ice sheet. So, like, walk everybody through listening that is not familiar with the situation. What's going on on campus right now? A few years ago, there was a water main break there, and uh, they began the process of building an ice rink. There's a concrete slab in there with all the piping and stuff. But then, unfortunately, COVID kind of put a halt on all that, and they used that that building called the Field House for uh, like COVID stuff. And ever since then, it's kind of been at a standstill. But just recently, we've the university put in some boards and glass. They're still not sold on making it an ice rink. They just want to make it a multi-purpose arena. You know, throw some roller tiles in there maybe, but they haven't pulled the trigger on like a chiller and a Zam and stuff. So we're trying to get the, uh, the community to rally around the idea of getting an ice rink in there and to convince any of you to, you know, go that extra distance and wrap it up for us. What's the current rink situation look like? Because I know you guys play off campus. Like, I mean, everyone would love to have a rink on campus. Like yeah. what's the current situation look like? What are things you guys are doing to make sure the ball keeps rolling in that direction? So we're currently playing at the city rink. It's called Jay Lively Ice Arena. It's about 10 minutes off campus. Every weekend we're packing that building with like two to 300 fans. You know, it's off campus. It's if you're a freshman, it's hard to get there if you're on a car, but you know, our fans are still showing up every night and packing it for us. So it just goes to show like 
we get on campus and we're it'd be right in the middle of all the dorms like we could pack that place the plan is to build 1500 seats in there which is like five times what we get at the J. so doesn't include standing room either so yeah we could be close to about 2000 people in there per game yeah jordan walk us through like what's been your experience so far because like i see the videos like you guys are packing this barn that's off campus the school has a history of hockey right and what do you think you guys having the opportunity to play on campus would bring to the university Having a rink on campus would really mean just a ton of revenue for the camp, like for the university, not just for our club, but also for any other clubs that would want to potentially utilize the facility. And that's why we're pushing so hard for this rink on campus. And actually, there's been some interest shown for a potential women's team if we do get that rink on campus, because at Jay Lively, where we're playing currently, um, that place is pretty much booked from sun up to sundown every single day. It limits the youth, the opportunity for youth hockey. We're honestly, we're just trying to grow the game up here in Flagstaff. Being able to play on campus, it would be would be huge. For me, it's like hard to process. Like, so there's a building on campus. They've talked yes. about playing hockey there. They've now built boards and glass for hockey, but there's no ice sheet. You mentioned like COVID was a huge issue. Like it seems like I was I was reading articles from 2020 about this project, and it just seems like it just needs to get pushed to the finish line. Are there representatives from the university that you're working with on a daily basis pushing for this? Yeah, so there's there's quite a few faculty members that are definitely on our side with all this. Been in some meetings with like the associated student body. It's all been a lot of good stuff. It sounds like a lot of people are on board. Uh, we just got to convince the, you know, the ones that make the money spending decisions to, you know, that this is a, a beneficial thing for everybody. Now, this is like off campus in Flagstaff. I've seen the videos I just mentioned. What's your favorite memory of the the barn like wh- what is some if somebody knows nothing about NAU hockey and they walk into the rink like what does it look like on a Friday or Saturday night when it's rocking you show up for an eight realistically our games are about 8 30 o'clock at night and we'll go out there for warm-ups everyone is pretty much already in there if they're not waiting in line to get in and buzzing yeah there's it's the energy is immediate you're there's they don't wait to get going people are already yelling screaming loud the music the music's very loud like people are banging on the glass You'll help hear, you're you're going to hear people cheering for every hit, for every goal. It, it gets very, very loud in that building. What is a way someone listening to this could help you guys out? Because I know there's a petition going around. Like, what else are you guys looking to do to create more momentum to get this project going? Yeah, I mean, we have a change.org petition going around. It just hit 4,000 signatures. Yeah, just keep, just keep pumping that up. We just want to show the university that the people want to rink. It can benefit a lot of people. Now, I'm curious, we'll do a little history quiz with you guys, because I, I was reading the Wikipedia page earlier about NAU hockey, but a lot of people don't know that Northern Arizona once had NCAA hockey, and it was because of the success of the club program at the time. Like, How much is that talked about on campus, the fact that there used to be the glory days of NAU hockey at the NCAA level? Unfortunately, I don't think it's talked about enough. I don't think a lot of people know that we used to have a NCAA D1 team. You know, we have quite a few alumni that have come through NAU. A notable one is Greg Adams. He was an all-star in the NHL. You know, NAU has quite the hockey history. I think a lot of people need to, a lot of people should know that. Yeah, we got to give a shout out to all-time hockey named Bob Beers, played for the Bruins too. Used to listen to him on the radio growing up as a kid. I saw he's an NAU alum too. So, I mean, that's awesome. And I know you guys have both grown up in non-traditional hockey markets. We'll kind of transition to that too, but like, it's crazy to see how much the game has grown. And you look at a school like U of A, who is now you know building a four thousand seat arena. They're adding a women's program too. ASU is you know the golden child for hockey in the Sun Belt when it comes to the college level. Kyle, throw to you first. Like, where did you grow up playing hockey, and what led you to NAU? Yeah, so I grew up playing in Southern California. Um, I was a roller kid growing up, up until high school. Then I made the jump to ice hockey. I ended up at NAU, like most AA players, I was just looking to go to college. I ended up here because I like Flagstaff. I like everything that the school has to offer, you know, besides hockey. But then I got talking to our general manager, Chris Walsh here, told me everything that NAU hockey is. I saw that firsthand. You know, I heard talk about there being a rink on campus someday and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm really glad I chose to come to NAU. You mentioned in in the notes that you got to travel to Hawaii as a kid to play roller hockey. Talk about that a little bit, because I think that if like I could add an ACHA team today, it would be Hawaii. Like, let's get them a yeah. rink. Let's get them a team in the league. So you going to play roller hockey there must have been pretty cool. 
if you would have told me that I would do that at some point in my life, I would not believe you. Pretty surreal experience to be able to go to Oahu, play some roller hockey. Uh, it was the Junior Olympics roller hockey tournament. But yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. That was probably like my favorite hockey trip ever because, you know, it's Hawaii. Now, Jordan, what about you? You grew up in Arizona. Like, what was your hockey experience like growing up and why NAU? Growing up in Phoenix, Scottsdale area, I pretty much played all over the all over the valley for uh, the Junior Coyotes at one point. As I got older to like my 16s, 18s, I played for this double uh, A program called Arizona Mission. Kind of just play with a couple of buddies I'd grown up with. We ended up having a couple of pretty solid teams. Went to nationals my first year of 18s and somehow made it to uh, the national championship game against the Maine Moose and unfortunately ended up losing there. Yeah, growing up in Arizona, obviously not a very traditional place to grow up and play hockey at. It's definitely starting to grow and get bigger. So making the transfer up to NAU, um, I'd say that's more academically uh, reasoned. Uh, in high school, my older sister actually came up here, led into the reason of why I would come up here as well. I'm on academic scholarship up here too. So definitely helping with the bills for my parents and I. So definitely saving money that way. What's something unique about growing up in Arizona and playing youth hockey? Like what what is something that happens in Arizona that maybe doesn't happen to some other youth hockey programs around the country? During the summers, the ice definitely, uh, you can definitely notice the ice gets a little bit softer. The puck will start sticking a little bit more or the ice will honestly, just, it'll start turning to like slush even at points in some spots. The other thing nice about growing up playing hockey in Arizona too is all of the rinks are realistically within an hour of each other. If you're playing an away game in the Valley, you don't have to drive too far. It was a, it was definitely unique. It was also, also really, yeah, really cool experience. What do you remember from going to nationals in, in San Jose? You mentioned playing the main moose in the national championship though. Like, I mean, everybody loves youth hockey tournaments, right? Staying in the hotels yeah. with the guys and, you know, and being not too far away in San Jose. What, what was that like? Uh, very cool. Um, the, the cool thing actually is after each game or after each win, our, uh, our hotel was connected to a parking garage. So all the boys, we would go up on a, uh, on the top of the parking garage. We bought this little portable fire pit, a little like mini pool, and we would just hang out out there. We'd grill hot dogs. We would just hang out, spend all, spend a bunch of time together. And we made the most out of it because we never knew if we would get back or not. Isn't that great? Like our parents spend all this money on youth hockey and our favorite moments are off the ice at the parking garage with the fire. Exactly. That's what, it's what you love about it. I'm, I'm interested when you, when you both get to NAU, I'll throw you Kai first. Like what's your welcome to the ACHA moment? Like I'm sure you had heard some stories about what the ACHA was like. Like what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? I'd have to say my freshman year, we had a, a road trip to like the Colorado Springs, Colorado area, or we had a game at like midnight against Colorado Springs. The Zamboni broke our team and also UCCS. We had to like help them shovel the ice. We played the game. Ended at like 2 a.m. And then we had a flight red eye back home at 3 a.m. So it was basically just a fat all nighter with the boys. That was a lot of fun. Was the red eye scheduled or did your original flight get delayed because of the Zamboni breaking down? So no, it, it was scheduled, but we were definitely cutting it pretty close because, uh, you know, we had that delayed start, but it all worked out. And it was at the end of the day, it was a great trip. That's unbelievable. Jordan, what about you? What was your welcome to the ACHA moment? My freshman year, rookie year, welcome to the ACHA moment was me kind of starting out as like the 13th forward on my team because we're able to dress 21 for each game and uh, having that opportunity to get in there and just battle with my new teammates that I only had played been practiced with for I, I want to say about two weeks before we had our first game started as a 13th forward and grinding battling my way uh, to become a top line guy as I could and I don't know it's kind of just hard to put into words I guess in a way. I'm curious, like you guys are here together, like president of the D2 team, president of the D3 team. What is the relationship like between the two programs? Is it treated as like one hockey program with like a farm system style or players going up and down or is it more two separate entities? I'd say previously in previous years, we were more combined as uh, like one system. But more recently, we've kind of split into two separate clubs and uh at the beginning of the year we'll do tryouts after tryouts now it's uh you've got your d2 team and you got your d3 team if we absolutely need to bring somebody up from d3 we can bring somebody up from d3 but other than that we're pretty much completely separate separate practice schedules separate game schedules of course and we kind of just do our own thing yeah kai for you like what does the the d3 schedule look like who are some teams that you guys are you know facing every year so this year we're playing uh Colorado Mesa, three teams now from Phoenix. You know, you got GCU, ASU, and Park Gilbert. 
We have a pretty long rivalry with University of New Mexico. And then there's a couple of teams in Colorado, like uh, the School of Mines and Colorado Springs. We have a little over 30 games this season. We, ha- we have a pretty big, big schedule. We're pretty fortunate to be able to play that many games out west here. And Kai, I know you guys play CMU, Colorado Mesa. They packed the place on, on Pink the Rink, oh, yeah. and you guys got to spoil that a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. That might be my favorite hockey memory ever. Like that was our fourth game of the season against them. So, you know. The, the emotions were up there and uh, it was their it's their biggest game of the year I'd say they have a, a breast cancer awareness night and feels like the whole city comes out to those games yeah we were able to play spoiler there and and beat them in their barn it was a pretty it was a close game too so it was a lot of fun to to ruin that one for them Jordan what about for you for d2 like what does that schedule look like are you guys doing a little more travel or are there enough teams in the area where you guys get a bunch of games in we do quite a bit of travel I would say we st- we stay in our region though we'll go to California I think two or three times and then in November I know we're traveling up to Utah to play in the beehive showcase which is I think hosted by like Weber State Utah State uh Utah Valley and teams like that um and then I know in January also we'll be going up to Colorado to play in the Big Mountain Classic so I mean teams that we're playing realistically uh we'll put we'll see Weber State Montana State Montana we'll play Utah State as well UCLA LMU uh obviously we got ASU GCU as well so I think I I want to say our schedule is about 26 or 27 games this year before our conference tournament and potentially even going to regionals Awesome. And now who who are some teams that you guys have circled every year? Is it those the GCUs and the ASUs? Are those the big rivals or who are you guys, you know, looking out for? Um, rivalry wise, I would definitely say GCU is up there. We do we we don't like playing GCU at all because we seem to we tend to see them quite a bit every single year. It's always about it's minimum four times. So and then obviously we love to circle the teams like Weber State or Montana State that have like notoriously been pretty good these last couple of years and we always look forward to a good matchup against them kai i want to hear this van ride from dallas texas to shreveport louisiana what was that for who are you guys facing off against oh that was a crazy time we flew into dallas to play uh etbu they're called eastern texas but they they play on the other side of the border in louisiana um it's about three hours out of dallas so we uh we had an early morning flight we flew into dallas little acha moment we waited a couple hours for our vans but then once we got on the road it was a three-hour van ride over to Shreveport. Fun time for the boys, but we stayed in the hotel rooms and uh, it was just a long day of travel. It was crazy. They have the yellow post there, right? Yes, they have. It's a, it's like this big barn. Coliseum's a fitting name for it. And yeah, they got yellow, yellow goal posts. And now are the locker rooms above the ice? I've seen videos of teams like walking down onto the benches. If I remember correctly, you walk through the stands, you know, from like the the concourse Low, yeah concourse lower bowl there so yeah they're, they're pretty nice locker rooms though i mean they're junior locker rooms it's just uh it's a long ways away from the ice surface let's let's dive into a little bit more about nau like who are some guys on the team that that are some characters like maybe who's playing the music in the locker room who's getting the guys going on, on the team i know you probably have your hands full as the president but who are some other guys that are are making contributions this year, our guy that usually runs music in the locker room, his name's Ryan Trainer. He's uh he's quite a character. Uh, he's your kind of like typical frat guy. Tries to be funny, plays music loud. Honestly, his two line mates, Sam Kleinsmith and Liam Casey. Uh, when it comes to pregame warmups, like dryland stuff, they're always out there messing around. I mean, for example, this one time they've uh they went out before one of our games. I think it was against Long Beach last year. They just went out outside laid on the concrete for 15 20 minutes before even going back into the locker rooms and getting dressed and it's just something you look at and you laugh at and you're like all right well i'm gonna go back i'm gonna play sewer and they're the they're the characters of the team it's that one line and they uh it kind of it kind of fits them they wanted to make sure that coach saw them leave the locker room go stretch with everybody but they were just doing the california stretch outside absolutely that's awesome kai what about you like who, who are some characters on the d3 team that we should be on the lookout for we got this new kid this year. His name's Cooper. He's kind of a handful. He's uh, he's proven to be a little bit of a troublemaker already, but it's all right. We were all there at one point, so see a little bit of myself in him and maybe straighten him out a little bit. You mentioned maybe you were a little troublemaker when you got there, but now you know you're in the you're the head honcho, you're the president. Like, how did you get into this role as a team? Because I always joked with with people like I was the club president at Syracuse. You show up freshman year and you're wide eyed. You think this is the coolest thing ever, and then it feels like you blink, and now you're in charge of everything. Like, how did you get into this position? It happened really fast. I was you know fighting for a spot in the lineup freshman year, and now I'm. 
now I'm president. I was kind of voluntold. One day I was like, hey, the GM was like, hey, uh, you and JJ, you're going to this meeting. Uh, you guys are the presidents. You know, I didn't know. I didn't have too many expectations. It's turned out to be a challenge, but I'm glad I'm doing it. You know, I'm learning a lot from it. And it's really gratifying to see all, you know, all the work coming to fruition for sure. Jordan, what's something that you've had to do as, as president that maybe you didn't expect to do? One thing on the top of my mind would probably be uh, having to take the grade checks in, like the eligibility form. Working on getting all the boys to sign that piece of paper is, uh, is a handful on its own. And I mean, it's like having to track down somebody who could be off the grid. And it's like, I dude, I need to turn this in by Monday and I, it's Sunday night and I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to track someone down. And I don't know, it's more so just trying to get the boys on the, on the squad to... Uh, sign a piece of paper or register even for USA hockey for the season. So you guys mentioned GM is, is he like making sure the trips are booked and handling all that stuff? Chris is actually our, he's the D2 head coach. He's associate. He's been associated with our, uh, with NAU hockey for, I want to say the last 20 years. He even played here when he went to school. He's kind of just taken over and he pretty much plans our trips and kind of make sure buses are planned, hotels are planned, all that fun stuff. No, no, that's great. Like that's a, a lot of clubs, you know, have to deal with that stuff on their own too. So that's great having him around, especially that he's a former player. Like he understands, you know, you guys have, you know, your schedules and, and uh, so it's really good to have somebody who knows what they're doing in that role. Jordan, I, I forgot to ask, cause you, we brought up the, the beehive. Is that when you played BYU your freshman year? Uh, no, BYU actually came to us down here in Flagstaff. That was a, uh, that was quite the game. Uh, for me, myself personally, um, somehow found a way to put three in the back of the net. Unfortunately, we uh, we still lost that game. When you lose and your 13th forward gets a hat trick, what's going on yeah. there? Yeah, exactly. So it was just one of those games. Um, yeah, we uh, came out a little slow. They put a few in on us and we were just trying to find a way to uh, battle back the entire night. Let's talk a little bit about this upcoming season. I know you guys have your hands full with trying to get this rink petition signed and, and making headways on that. I think everybody loves a winner, right? So you got to win on the ice too. And then people will probably back you guys there. Like what's the outlook on the season? Kyle, I'll throw it to you first. You guys got a little bit of a later start here. So a little bit more preparation on your end. Yeah, definitely a, a lot more time to prepare this year. Our team, our roster is looking a lot stronger than last year. So yeah, it's looking to be a very promising season against some of the same opponents we've been playing. But there's a large portion of our team is like my age, like juniors. We're gelling, we're getting our chemistry down. You know, we've been playing together for three years now. So it's looking promising in that aspect. So what's the difference? Is it same thing with the D2 team? Like, what are you guys looking? You guys an older team, younger team? Um, I would say we've got a mix of both older and young guys. We uh we lost, I want to say about six or seven guys last year. And I would say at tryouts, we've we've re-upped big time. I think we're gonna be a lot better than we were last year. I think we're gonna be putting some uh some statement scores up there against some of these some of these teams. And I think we're gonna be able to compete against like a team like Montana State who went to nationals last year. And I mean I'm just really I'm really looking forward to it. We we I'd say we re-upped. We picked up some really good talent and um it's gonna be an exciting year. They're not kidding when they call ACHA M2, the Wild West, because every yeah. year, I mean, you know, you look at a team like you, Mary, is now gone. So it's like one more spot at nationals, right? Like, do you guys think you're in a spot where you can make some noise at like regionals this year? Absolutely. We're here to play. I think we're here to to show everyone in the uh, in the men's two division what we're about. And I think we're, we're going to make some noise. And Kai, for you, I feel like it's been forever since we've seen it team that's outside the state of Michigan make any noise at the ACHA national tournament. Do you guys see that? Like, do you, are you like comparing yourself to some of these teams that make nationals? Like what, what's your outlook on that? We've, uh, we've had matchups against air force in New Mexico and they've been to the national tournament in the last couple of years. So, you know, we know what we're in for, but we're, uh, we're very confident this year that we're going to perform. Talk a little bit about New Mexico. That, that seems like it's a fun place to play. What do they call that place? The outpost? Yeah, that place is crazy. They packed that place. It was one of the biggest crowds I've ever played in front of. I remember there was a there's a dude holding this baby over the glass, um, and the baby was yelling at us on the ice. It was a pretty rowdy game. And it, that's just like the craziest thing about hockey in the South, too, right? Even in the Southwest, right? It's like, what do you mean? New Mexico has a hockey team. Northern Arizona has a hockey team. Like, what have you seen culturally and on the ice, like the difference in, in hockey out there? Because I feel like when you guys were growing up and first learned to skate, it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. I mean, you look at, you know, a guy like Austin Matthews tearing it up in the NHL and from Arizona. Like, is that cool for you guys to be playing, you know, in the region still? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. It, hockey in Southern California, where I grew up, it's been on the come up ever since the Ducks and the Kings were making some noise in the Stanley Cup playoffs and uh, in the Valley and in Arizona as a whole, it's been on the come up. So it's it's really cool to be a part of the culture here. And you're a roller hockey guy. Are there are a lot of guys on the team who grew up with roller hockey backgrounds. Yeah, there's a good good deal of, of the guys um, grew up playing roller hockey. We actually have a roller hockey team here at NAU too that some of the guys play in in the off season. Well, like let's let's kind of go back towards the rink here because I know we, we kind of just like went full steam ahead and in, in, in talking about the rink. I know like you guys, there's a big challenge with what you guys are facing in doing this. How long do you think it's going to take? Because I know Jordan, you mentioned like it would be an amazing legacy to leave behind that you guys, you know, helped spark the rink. I know at Syracuse, it's like we've been trying for ages to get a locker room. So when they finally get one, like I will smile. You guys are sure the same way because it feels like forever that NAU has been trying to get a rink and it's so, so close at this point. Yeah. I mean, if they were to start tomorrow, I've seen estimates that it could be done in as soon as eight months at this point, like we might even be able to skate on it, you know, our senior or maybe even fifth years. Like it's, it's super close. Like we're right there. We just need that final push to, to get that, that ice component put in. And now, for you guys, like I don't know a lot about NAU, but what is NAU known for as a school? Like I mentioned, my my fun fact about Northern Arizona is that they used to have hockey back in the day at the NCAA level. Like, what what does campus look like? What is it known for? NAU is more so, I'd say, more known for our, I'd say, more like forestry and business because I mean we're we're up here in the woods, uh, pine trees pretty much everywhere you look. I mean Flagstaff, it's it's not your biggest town, but. It's kind of in a way, everybody knows everybody. It snows here, which a lot of people don't realize that snows in Arizona, but we got like 400 inches of snow last year. We're 30 minutes from a ski resort, outdoor stuff, mountain biking, skiing, um, the Grand Canyon's about 45 minutes away and we're at 7,000 feet. It's a huge training advantage, um, home ice advantage that, you know, we play at a elevation higher than like Denver. Flagstaff's definitely not like what you think of when you think of Arizona. It's definitely a hidden gem, a hidden gem. Yeah, that, when I because I was looking at the the history of the rink and I saw that back when the team was NCAA, they had a, a roof collapse because of a blizzard. And it's like, oh, well, this is not the Arizona I'm thinking about. Pine trees, not cactuses. Pine trees, absolutely, yeah. Last five minutes here, I want to hear like the pitch. We've heard a lot about Arizona. What's like your favorite memory um, in your in your your time at NAU so far, and why is it a special place to play college hockey? Favorite memory, funny thing is, is it's probably not even in Flagstaff. It's got to be probably a couple of the bus rides with the boys, whether it's to LA or to Utah, but being able to listen to some stories from the other guys, um, going after games to go get food, pregame meals, you name it. I mean, every year we do, uh, when we go up to Colorado, we fly instead of take a bus. So meeting up at the airport and running around in our NAU hockey stuff and having people ask us like, oh, I didn't know NAU, ho- NAU had a hockey team or something along those lines. That's uh, definitely something I'm going to remember about being a player up here at NAU. My favorite memory here at NAU as a hockey player would probably, we call it dorm storming. So when I was a freshman, you know, some of the, some of the younger guys, we'd all throw our rollerblades on and we'd print out like game day posters and we'd go to like all the dorms and slide the game day posters under the doors, um, just ripping around campus on our rollerblades. We got that barn packed. Um, we got everybody hyped about hockey. Some people didn't know we had a team at the time and now they're, they're fans. So it's a lot of fun just rallying the, the campus and, flag staff around NAU hockey for sure. That's awesome. I hope some teams steal that. We need more of that on, on campus. Storm storming. Is that what you call it? One yep. storming. Yeah. Well, Hey boys, I appreciate you. Kai, why don't you give one last plug for the rink for everyone listening? What's, what's the goal here? Where do we get next with NAU? So yeah, I just want to say thank you very much for having us on. If you guys haven't signed the petition already, there's a uh, change.org petition to get that, uh, that ice rink in the NAU field house all of Flagstaff would benefit greatly from having another sheet of ice here. And uh, we're very close to getting that thing completed. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you boys for coming on. Appreciate learning a little bit about NAU hockey and wish you guys the best of luck this season. Yeah, thank thanks you. very we appreciate much for having us. It. Yeah, thanks for having us. Once again, shout out to Jordan, shout out to Kai, hopping on. They're doing awesome things for NAU hockey, and we hope to see a rink on campus very, very soon. It's time for the Burgers Blowout of the Week. We had a bunch from this week. Not as big of blowouts as we had the prior week. Did have a couple touchdowns scored. We'll kick it off with the trip that makes me go, why is this a thing? For the second year in a row, Cincinnati traveled up to Adrian, Michigan and took on the Bulldogs. 
they lost on Friday night 14 to nothing. I think the final on Saturday was 11-1, so maybe a little progress. It's good experience for Cincinnati. It's an away game, so they, they don't have to lose in front of their home fans. They just go up. It's like the FCS football teams that go and they get the bag and they get their teeth kicked in, but Cincinnati hoping for really good things this year. I, I guess they already got a couple games under their belt. I mean, maybe like a handshake agreement with Adrian afterwards and you get on their way, but 14 to nothing is the M one blowout this week. Tough weekend for Utah Valley. They lost to Weber state in M two action 13 to nothing. And then they also lost 13 to two to Utah state. So losing, letting up 13 goals in each game this weekend is tough. Weber state though, gets the burger for ACHA M two with 13, nothing win. We may unfortunately see a very, very similar result at the M2 level this week because Idaho State is playing their first games at the ACHA level against both of those teams. I believe Weber and Utah State might unfortunately see a similar thrashing, but we're hoping the best for Idaho State. That's just one of those things geographically, those teams are all at different levels and they all play M2. So wishing wishing them the best of luck. In M3, the, the closest game of the burger section M3 Saginaw Valley State beat Pitt Johnstown 9 to 1 and Women's 2 ACHA Delaware beat Westchester 15 to nothing. Moving over to AAU, Auburn defeated Sinclair Community College 17 to nothing. And on the women's side, U Tampa, they showed that they are the top dog in women's hockey in AAU. They beat Georgia 18 to nothing. They only left one goal all weekend, an impressive showing by the Spartans. You had the opportunity right there to just say, walk the dogs. Just didn't take it. I can't believe it. I was already thinking about the games to watch. There's just so many good ones this week, but I'm glad. Yeah, they, they, they walked the dog. They walked the dog for sure. This is one that when it came out, I circled it right away. If we weren't going down to Kentucky, this would have been the game of the week. That's how juiced up I am about this. Friday night, Florida Gulf Coast taking on University of Tampa at Hertz Arena. Long-time Acha M3 rivals meeting again. Table left for the College Hockey Federation that is now the AAU. Florida Gulf Coast made the jump to M2. Florida Gulf Coast has been a powerhouse in M2 for a while. Their M3 team used to play Tampa. These two programs meeting back up feels like it was destined to be. Florida Gulf Coast was looking for an opponent for their home opener. Tampa jumps in. I'm really looking forward to this one. We almost, almost made a return trip to Florida for this game. Because the Tampa coach invited us down, we had to say no, and it's just devastating. Because from what we understand, this game is going to be sold out. Oof, what an atmosphere that would be. So we're looking forward to seeing all of the content down in Florida. That'll be the good thing about this week, though, is with the midnight game, we'll get to see most of these games, cell phone service provided, throughout the night leading up to it's a shame we don't have like a pregame show we could go out at a desk and watch a couple games entertain the people waiting three hours in line for tickets to see louisville and kentucky who's saying we can't just grab a table and like some random 22 inch monitor and just stream six games at the same time just like have people camp around us basically that'd be that'd be the best tailgate entertainment ever it would there's only one game those people thinking about though and it's the one at midnight and again we're just, i guess we're just going to talk about this game all through the games to watch but another huge rivalry game on saturday herm i'll let you talk about this one sienna marist yeah it's the i-87 rivalry uh these teams absolutely hate each other in every single sport i now have a videographer who's a marist alum constantly talks about his disdain for sienna always a physical game between these two and again two teams that don't like each other women's division one on saturday michigan versus michigan state how is there no ncaa division one hockey team in the state of michigan and women's hockey we don't know but what we do know is two of the best will face off this weekend the wolverines taking on the spartans at Mount Clemens Arena. Friday night, Indiana Tech, the number eight team in the preseason rankings for ACHA M1, take on the number 13 Grand Valley State University Lakers at Parkview Ice House. Friday night, too, not the only midnight game going on down in Kentucky. We have Niagara hosting Buffalo at Dwyer Arena for their midnight game. They got a huge attendance. I think both teams love this, too. Buffalo loves coming over and playing the midnight game. They were even promoting it, too. So hopefully we get a good crowd there for this one. And then Friday night, you marry. It's their first test in ACHA M1. Yeah, they got the win against Minot last year. How do they look in regular season action and conference play? They face off against number 15, Illinois State. This is going to be at the Grasshopper Motors Arena. 
the garage, as they call it in Illinois. You Mary's first test, shifting gears, Friday night, the College of Charleston. They look to rebound after a tough performance against the Gamecocks. It's AAU D2 versus AAU D3 as they take on the Citadel. And I quote, the best game you'll ever go to, Battle of Charleston. So this place is going to be rocking. If it's like that other clip of the Citadel we got of the kid jumping through the glass, it's going to be nuts. The crowd looks electric there. This is going to be a great one. Thursday night, we have an AAU versus ACHA matchup. University of Mississippi, the boys at Ole Miss, those Rebels, they're hot. They are facing off against M3, University of Missouri. The Mizzou boys just had them on the pod. They're looking forward to this one. We get a little SEC matchup, which is great. SEC matchup and a little AAU-ACHA crossover, so we love this one. And then Saturday night, it's the Cold Steel Classic. Drexel is playing host to Navy, and Navy... They almost beat Pitt this weekend. They took Pitt to overtime. They lost 6-5. That Pitt team is loaded. I was looking up and down the roster. I was like, this guy's back. This guy's back. Why didn't I fifth year? They're all back. It is amazing. So that is going to be a really good game. Navy, again, a team always in national contention. They look to win the conference every year, facing off against their former conference foe, the Drexel Dragons. Over to our honorable mention section. We got a bunch of them here. In M3 action, Notre Dame taking on CMU. We talked about CMU earlier, off to a hot start. How hot of a start? We'll find out against Notre Dame, a team that made some noise at Nationals last year. Sticking with Central Michigan, their women's two team is taking on Northern Michigan. It is the women's hockey fundraiser for cancer awareness. They got a triple header on Saturday. I believe it is M2, M3, women's two, all back to back to back. So it'll be a great night for hockey. Saturday, women's one action. Midland takes on Minot State. Friday night, Minot State takes on Liberty. Again, a rematch of last weekend. I think if Liberty can walk away with a win, it's a win. If they can get a split, that's a good one. They just they need one from the Beavers. Give me something, all right? Friday night in ACHA M2 action, we got a Big Ten matchup. Iowa taking on Wisconsin. Saturday, also, we have University of Washington taking on Colorado. A lot of pride lost this weekend with the, the football game here, so we'll see if that carries over to the ice. Sunday, we have Delaware taking on Villanova in women's two action. Friday night, we have Alabama taking on Georgia in AAU D3. We talked about Bama a couple weeks ago. Is their AAU D3 team sandbagging? Are they way better than AAU D3? We'll find out because they're going to face off against Georgia's new AAU D3, and we'll see how those two teams face off against each other. Sunday, we have High Point taking on East Carolina. It's the High Point Hockey Zeta Pinkout. Should be a great crowd for a great cause. And that brings us to the game of the week. For $25, if you are in the Lexington, Kentucky area, Past midnight on Friday, you can get yourself a ticket to this week's game of the week. The University of Kentucky Wildcats in their fresh new jerseys that are being unveiled this week will take on the University of Louisville Cardinals. Myself, Herm, and Tim are making the trip. Herm's going to be behind the camera. I'll be behind the camera. Tim is like our answer to Jeremy Roenick or Paul Bizanet on TNT. Like he's just going to be doing everything. We're going to try to get him playing the goal horn, doing the smoke machine. He's going to do it all. It's going to be awesome. Herm, who are you going with? Was it ever in doubt? After seeing the media team, after seeing the hype, after seeing the atmosphere, I got to rock with the Wildcats. The Wildcats too. They went to North Carolina this past week and got a split. A two tough environments to play in. They beat NC State on Friday, lost to Carolina on Saturday. So they're hungry. I'm going with the Cats too. I mean, it, I mean, come on, it's the Cats. I mean, and, and if Louisville plays spoiler, hats off to them. Nothing but respect. But the Cats, baby. I mean, we went down to Emory Riddle. We all picked the Riddle. They ended up winning. Similar environment here. Maybe up a couple notches. Big rivalry game. Twenty five dollars a pop, and I'm going with the Cats. Collins is also picking Kentucky, and it's a full sweep because Fitz is going Kentucky. Two of IU's biggest rivals. Tough to pick a winner, but the Cats will be buzzing with the hockey house in the building. We want to do a question of the week, Herm? You got time for a question of the week? Absolutely. This is this is an all-you question because it feels like a, a player one. What is the most demoralizing song that you could hear coming out of the opposing locker room after a loss? This question comes because... The Dua Lipa Dance the Night Away song came up on Shuffle on Spotify for me. And I was like, I could not imagine, like in the same way that you guys played One Kiss, and I'd be pissed if I heard that coming out of the, the locker room and, and all the guys singing along to that. 
I could see that as an ironic all the boys get into that song. What is your pick for, oh my God, I can't believe this shit. So I don't have one answer. There is nothing more demoralizing when you lose and the team that beats you is playing a song that you love. A couple of scenarios in my hockey career that stand out to me, the kind of song where you're like, you're so mad, but in your head, you're like, I got to tip my cap. Like, that's a banger of a song. First thing that comes to mind is, I think I told the story on the pod a couple times ago. When I was in prep school, we played North Yarmouth Academy. We had a 5-2 lead going to the third period, and we lost 8-5. to five. We let up five unanswered goals. Growing up in New England, huge Red Sox fan. And they played Dirty Water after the game, which there's nothing better than hearing Dirty Water after a Red Sox win. But when you just blew a three goal lead in the third period, very tough skating off the ice to hearing that. That's demoralizing. Another one that stood out to me is my freshman year, we would always listen to, I mean, all through college, we listened to ABBA, right? Like who doesn't love ABBA? Gimme, gimme, gimme. And we lost to NYU in the playoffs my freshman year. And we could just hear it coming from their locker room. And I'm like, you got like I would be doing the same thing if we had won. Another tune that I think of too, because at Tennedy, the lot you can just the it's such a small rank you can hear the locker rooms too. Senior night, like we lose to Delaware. Obviously, would have loved to have had that one. And like they're getting on the bus after a big sweep, just bumping Give It Up by Casey and the Sunshine Band. And that is a banger of a tune as well. Less like songs that you hate, and more so like when somebody else plays the song you love after you've been hurt that is the toughest one for me so i actually love this question there's there's i could go on and on too like drexel plays we like to party after scoring like who doesn't like to party like that's another tough one so yeah i I guess any song that you love playing when you're hurt is is demoralizing good answers good answers any any question where i can get to tell a couple stories is great time to pick up pucks herm any anything you're thinking about this week I, i mean tough i mean i know you got a huge workload we're trying to make this trip work but anything else on your mind i just want to say how appreciative i was for usa lacrosse like freelancing with them as a federation like coming in so prepared work working with their content team was a whole new experience for me these guys were great i i would be more than happy to work with them in the future when they come back to nexus for uh, the world box lacrosse championships just the real prep for when the ihf women's rolls to town for women's world so yeah that that's gonna be exciting and you know that that complex is built for something like that i got uh, a couple of thoughts this week i think i had something for picking up pucks earlier in this week and i just didn't didn't get home in time to write it down on the sheet before i forgot want to give a shout out to long beach state university they sent us a dm and they were like boys, how do we get on the page here? Like, what do, what do we got to do? And I'm like, boys, welcome to the club. Like, gave them the follow back. Like, Long Beach State has a hockey team. Like, let's go. Super pumped for those guys. And want to give a shout out to Union. They just started an AAU D2 team at their school. They're also fired up for a huge opening weekend too. So just two teams. I love finding out that more teams have hockey, that more schools have hockey, right? So want to give a shout out to those boys. That's just something that I was thinking about here. I'm excited for an unbelievable week. Like I mentioned earlier, we not that we made a lot of mistakes in Daytona, but now that we experienced that, I would I would do Daytona the same way in a heartbeat. But now now we're like we're we're, we're seasoned vets. So heads down, ready to go in Lexington. And we hope you tune in. Black Dog's gonna have the coverage for you if you don't want to pay $25 to get in. We are super psyched. We will be live tweeting, Instagramming through the night. So when you wake up on Saturday morning, you have some some college hockey content on your feed. So make sure you stay tuned. Follow us at Hockey House Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. It's going to be a great week. And we thank you so much for tuning in. See you, boys.